find me Don't be scared of yourself Don't be scared of me Don't be scared of yourself Hi, I'm Dawn. And I'm Ashley. We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where a couple of friends sit around and discuss healing, growth, and healthy relationships. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Dawn. How are you? I am great. How are you? I'm good. I'm um, happy to be here today. Me too. Me too. Has it been a good week? It has. It is. It has been a really good week this week. There are some updates about the work situation that we talked about a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. What's going on? Well, so kind of how we left it was that I would sit with my higher power and kind of pray or meditate, converse, commune with my higher power. Um, and I did. I kind of just left it alone, which is what I felt the need to do at that point. I clearly wasn't the only one with an issue as at this point an HR report has been made and there's a current investigation going on and it had absolutely nothing to do with me. Wow. So that's interesting because we right, we we talked about the whole so much of what you were going to do that never right. once and did we even think that somebody else could do something. Else. Yeah. No, I mean, so apparently there were um, several complaints and at this point there are six to seven different people with different statements that are all being investigated. Okay. And I know we're not going to, let's not touch too much on this because obviously we don't want to jeopardize anything and get in the middle of that process of what's happening. Right. Um, But if you're willing, maybe down the road after something is, everything is resolved. Absolutely. Share the rest of the story with us. I just, like I said, I don't want to cause any other issues with the situation that's going on by sharing more than we should be. Right. I'm definitely happy to give an update once there is a resolution. Um, I just thought it was right. It it was pretty interesting that what we had decided was for me to just reach out to my higher power and see what to do. And at that time, right, two, three weeks ago, it just didn't feel like anything. I needed to just wait. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And now something's happening. And I didn't have to, I didn't have to do anything. Right. So I want to ask you a question. So you're saying you talked to your higher power, told you, we're just going to use he just for simplicity purposes. He told you to do nothing. How did you hear that? Like where, because Because obviously it wasn't a voice. No, 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 no. I I literally heard nothing. I didn't have any idea. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't come up with something that felt right. So my next thought while I was meditating, as I was conversing, right, I kept listing all these things and I, okay, I can go and I can talk to my boss. And I was like, nah, that doesn't feel right. Well, why doesn't that feel right? I owe him the same respect he would give me. And because it was just very intimidating, whatever, it didn't feel right. So I didn't, okay, I'm not going to do that. The next thing I could do, well, I could report it to HR. Nah, that doesn't feel right either. I can go talk to this person and this person, right? There's several managers in the store. I could have gone and talked to each of them and, and had one of those report, right? That didn't feel right. Nothing felt right except waiting, just waiting. Just do nothing and just wait is what felt right. And that's what I did. 
That is, and I think that's one of the things, right, early on, when I, before I had an understanding and a relationship with my higher power, I think that was an uncertainty that I didn't understand was what, what is it going to feel like? What is it going to be like? How am I going to know? And I think what you said is it. It's like, right, there's nothing that felt right, so I'm not going to do anything. Right. How do I know what my higher power is telling me to do? I actually have a process. So for a long time, I was very confused about if these thoughts in my head that I should do, right, take this step, take this step, take this step. Is that thought coming from society, my mother, my upbringing, um, my codependency, my addiction? What is, where is this thought in my head coming from? Or is it my, right, is it society and all these people? Or is it my higher power? Is it my heart? Is it myself? Is it what I really want? And the process that I found that works for me, and I actually do this with my sponsees as well, the process that I have found that works for me is that I stop, I uncross my legs, I sit down, I take several deep breaths, five to ten, just deep, calming breaths. After that, I, I say the statement. I want to do nothing. Where do I feel that statement? Do I feel it in my head? Do I feel it in my body? And what I found is that if I feel it in my head, it's typically outside sources, society, television, my parents, my grandparents, the should, I should do this, right? But if I feel it in my body, then it's my heart, it's my instinct, it's my gut telling me to go. And I'm not talking about fear, I'm not talking about panic, I'm not talking about fight or flight, those are very, very different. I have to be able to know a trauma response from a thought process. So if I feel the thought in my body, then I believe the thought is what I want to do, what I need to do, not what other people want or need. So you said about you. It's not about society. It's not about parents. It's not about grandparents. You know, one of the things that I stopped doing to be able to listen to my higher power was I quit going to other people. In the past, I would go ask 50 million people what their opinion was, what their thoughts were. And I would take it and I would shape what my outcome would be based on what the answers that I got. Which one did I like the best? And when I quit asking everybody else's opinion and I just sat with me, that's when I could hear what was going on. That's what I could he- when I could hear what needed to be done or what I should or should not do. But I had to get rid of all of that other noise. That was major for me. To stop going to other people, and I still catch myself doing it sometimes. My sponsor is typically on the receiving end of that. <laughs> um to stop going to people and saying, hey, this is what he did. This is what she did. This is what I did. Am I wrong? Or, hey, this is what I'm seeing here and what I'm thinking here. Am I crazy? And I found that I would go to person after person after person after person until I got the person who thought what I wanted them to think. And then I would elaborate with that person knowing that they thought what I wanted them. Obviously, you and I come to each other and we do ask our thoughts on certain situations. But I think what it is, is it's I can't just go to a co-worker. I can't go to my mother. I can't go to my sister. I can't go to... I have to go to someone that is in a very healthy place that's 
going to be, and you definitely are one of those people for me, but you'll challenge me. You challenge me on the way I think. And right, it doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It just, it's giving me a different perspective to look at things. And then I can take that information I don't take share it with anybody else. I don't talk about it with anybody else. I take that information and see if it fits for me, and I talk to my higher power about it. And by doing right, and, and I think go ahead. I, I think that that helps us to maintain a a healthier life, right? To have I keep wanting to say accountability partners, but it's not necessarily called that in every aspect of recovery. But to have people that I know I can call who are healthy. That, that will help me maintain the level of healthiness I'm trying to maintain. Um, people who will not simply say what I want them to say, like you said, people who will challenge my thought process. And I think that's kind of leading us into those bad habits that we said we wanted to bring back up. Right? I mean, that was such a bad habit to constantly run to somebody else and ask them what they think about what I want to do. Half the time I was doing it before I even realized I was doing it. Literally just a bad habit. We keep bringing up, you know, it keeps coming back to this this fingernail. Like, I mean, right, that's been a kind of a consistent thing across all the podcasts. This whole fingernail thing. It's a bad habit. I might not realize it, but it's never too late to realize it. Right. Like, by the time I realize I'm biting my nail, I'm already biting my nail. The nail is halfway ripped off. Right. Well, now i got to rip it the rest of the way off. But I've already did it, so all I can do is stop. I can either continue biting or I can stop. And the sooner I stop, the more likely I am to stop. The, the more I stop myself, the sooner I am to stop altogether. Right. And there's going to be times that I'm going to not realize it until I've bitten all my nails off. Right. And then I realize it, and I'm like, oh, I did it. I don't want to do that again. And I can go out and I can purchase this the ta- yucky tasting stuff. Or I can paint my nails even though they might look yucky. But at least if they're a color, I might not bite them. I might have to pull in a different, like a tool to help me not or bite them. a person. Right? Or a person. Yeah. Right? I might have to call somebody and go hey, I need you to come to lunch with me today and then I need this person to come out to dinner with me because I don't want to bite my nails and every time you see me bite my nails, tap me on the shoulder, you're doing it again. Yep. That way I can become more aware. Exactly. Be careful doing that though because boy, if I have the wrong person tap me on the shoulder and say you're doing it again, I'm not just going to be aware. I'm going I'm to get mad. <laughs> <laughs> right, but that's, that's another one of those bad habits. But that's the... But the part about that is picking people that are healthy to be able to say it to you. I know I can't go to my mother on a lot of things because she's going to trigger me. That doesn't mean I don't love her with all my heart and she means the world to me. But I also have to know that I don't want to ruin the relationship that we've rebuilt by putting... Just to get right. Yeah. To go back into asking her a question that's going to trigger me, then it's going to make me give a certain response, it's going to make her mad, and then we're down, like, right, and then we're not talking for a couple of days or a few, whatever. Um, it is. That's, it's like going to Starbucks for a hot dog. I love my mother dearly. My mother and I are at such a great place in our relationship right now, better than we've ever been. Yep. 
but I would not go to my mother to get relationship advice. Right. She's not been married in 20 years. She's she's single. She's right. I wouldn't go to her for relationship advice. She doesn't she isn't going to give relationship she isn't going to give good experienced relationship advice because she does not have experience in a good relationship. You know, we had this. I I, I wouldn't go to Starbucks for a hot dog. Exactly. What I heard in the beginning for me was I'm not going to go to the hardware store for milk. Yes. Right. There's so many different analogies that you can use in that aspect, but it's so true. They're, I mean, they're all, they all fit, but we were actually having this conversation the other night about the whole, I can't go to certain people about certain things, right? I am not going to go to a, a person in recovery, some of that is very healthy, that is working the program, but I can't go to them or talk to them about my grown children because a person that has not had kids cannot relate to that situation. Right. I need to go to a person that has adult grown kids that has the understanding right. relate to my struggles. And I think like you said, you're going to your mom about with a relationship that hasn't had one in 20 years. I can't go to someone, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to date. I'm trying to figure out dating, right? I can come to you. Of course I can come to you. You can give me some amazing advice because you always do. But when it comes right. down to dating, When's the last time you date? Right. When's the last time you dated? Right. Right. I haven't dated in, God, it's probably been 16 years. Exactly. So it wouldn't make sense to come to you. And I think that's one of the things what we're, you know, part of what we, what I want people to know is that's why we have to have so many, not to use the word accountability partners, but friends or people that are living a healthy, and we, when we say healthy lifestyle, we're not talking physically, we're talking mentally. So emotionally, emotionally, right. I need friends that are living in a healthy place, emotionally, mentally. And by doing that, we're going to get, we're going to have the resources we need. That's the importance of having so many individuals in your toolbox. Right. And, and two, let's talk about the flip side of that. Talking about had bad habits. We have to be willing to not take it personally when someone doesn't come to me about this specific issue because, right, if Dawn doesn't come and talk to me about dating because I haven't dated in 16 years, how I can't take that personally and be like, oh, Dawn doesn't value my advice because she doesn't talk to me about dating. Right. That's It has nothing to do with me. You are choosing to talk to someone who you know has the experience that you want for your dating situation. And who am I to be offended or hurt that you're not going to come? But so many times we do. We do, yes. So many times I don't think about the fact that I am not an accountant. So for an accountant to come to me to get accountant advice would be stupid of the accountant, right? Right. You're not a dog trainer. So for me to go to you to get dog training advice would be stupid of the dog trainer. It, It just doesn't. But yet every day in life. My feelings get hurt because my kid went to somebody else instead of me with an issue or because my husband went to somebody else or Mm -hmm. because my dog went to some, I don't know, just examples, right? That's a bad habit. That just doesn't even make sense. And I've never even examined it until today. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't even hesitate. When my, like, you know, when my dog is doing, I'm like, Ashley, my dog is doing this. Why is it, you know, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to come to you. You're the first person on my list when it comes to my dog. And right. it makes sense, right? Because again, I'm not going to go to somebody else because why, why would I? And right. And I'm not a tax accountant, but people, oh, she's an accountant. Let me go to her for taxes. Well, I'm not a tax accountant. I can't help you. I use TurboTax for my taxes. Right. So go buy TurboTax. Pay for TurboTax and use that for <laughs> to your taxes. There's my advice. But <laughs> it just, we get it. I mean, I've shared shit and listened to people and standing in line at Walmart because I have in a, when I've been in a very unhealthy place, I am looking for any sort of justification for my feelings. Right. Subconsciously, too, without even knowing. Oh, yeah. Let's see what other bad habits. Ooh, I quit smoking. Yay. I smoked cigarettes. I started when I was 14 years old and at... 38 last Thanksgiving, this past Thanksgiving, I quit smoking. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. That was a, that was a heck of a bad habit. I, and, and honestly, it wasn't nearly as hard as I thought it was going to be. I just had to have more self-control, self-will, and like the want to had to be there. Yeah. Ooh, I know another one. Okay. I haven't quit it completely. I haven't stopped completely, but it is so much better. My worry. Oh, yeah. My overthinking yes. and worrying. I used to be one that would stay up until 1 a.m., laying in bed, rolling through all the things I had to do, all the things that had to be done, all the things I did, all the things that could happen, might happen, should happen, and what I would do to each one, and then what might happen from there, like all night. Get up at five in the morning and stress on my way into work about all the things that had to be done. I'd be at work stressed about the stuff at home. I'd be at home stressed about my family at, back north or be up north visiting, stressed about work. I was never in the moment. I was so worried about everything and everyone else all the time that I never just stayed in the moment. Mm. I don't. I don't do that anymore. That was a very big thing for me. That is probably the biggest bad habit that I got rid of was literally just worrying my, I was worrying myself to death. There's no other way to say it. Stress, um, I've had cancer three times. I have a spot on my, my pancreas that's there not growing, right? It's not growing because I'm not so stressed, right? Um, and a lot of that, you know, I have had staph and two staph infections that should have, like, literally, they say I, sh I should have been dead. All of that came from stress. All that came from not taking care of myself. All the worry. All the, because I was so wrapped up in in my head and thinking about, overthinking about everything that was going on. Like you said, whether it was work, my relationship, my children, my mother, my sister who lives 1,200 miles away, but of course I could put that, fit that in there too. Uh, what the weather was going to be like tomorrow or it just kept me spinning. 
And oh, I worried about everything. 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 It could have been not only about what was going to happen, but I would rework a conversation that I had had a year ago that was st- I was still hanging on to. Yes. Into what I should have said and how I yes! should have said it. If this would have happened, so then this would have happened. Me, so tell me, how? How did you stop doing that? A lot of work. I, I still, I'm not going to pretend that I am perfect because I'm not. I still find that happening. The difference is when I, I can feel my body start to go there, my thoughts kind of start recycling. If I think about something once, maybe twice, not a big deal. But if I start getting into the third, fourth time, or I think about something and then I come back to it later, I can feel the the difference now. I think that's one of the things too. I have paid attention to my body. You said it earlier, where I sit still and I feel, is it in my head or is it in my body? And you know that because you know yourself. And I think that's number one. I think you have to know yourself. You have to be able to sit with yourself early on when you're trying to work recovery to get to know you. And once I did that, I'm able to now identify those feelings or those thoughts. And how I do it is I say, HP, I can't. I just can't right now. I need you to take this from me. And I actually do that every night when I get in bed. That's my prayer every single night. If you want to call it a prayer, there you go. That's what I say every Mm -hmm. night when I get in bed. I can't. I have to get some sleep. I have to get rest. I need to take care of me. I need you to take all my thoughts for me from the for the night. Kind of that kind of like right. There's no specific right. how I the word exact wording, but that's what I say because I just have to give it up. And when I do that out loud, there is something about saying something out loud. And yeah. when I say it out loud, it happens because it's like I've put it in the universe, and I've released it from my body. When There's I, definitely something concreting about it. Yes. I've lived in my head for 51 years. I can't right. live in my head anymore. I have to get this stuff out. And so you find that the more that you do that, the less that you worry? Oh, God, yes. Again, it's about my body. I feel my body doing a, that, okay, it's starting my shoulders, and I can, like, I can feel it tightening up. I say it as many times as in the day that I need to. And so because it's become such this natural, my HP is like forefront of my brain every second of the day. Not like I'm thinking about it constantly, but as I process my life and through life, he's there. It's there. And so now... Now somebody says something, let's say you and I are talking about this tonight and then tomorrow night with one of my calls, we kind of get on the same subject and the next night and then like, I'll be like, okay, I gotcha. I'll, you know, like I got you HP. I hear you because I am just, I'm just so in tune with what I need to know and what I need to hear and what I need to feel for my body that I can live in a healthy place. My body tells me if I'm not living in a healthy place. Well, so for me, when I, it was really, really hard at I I will never forget the beginning by the time I realized that I was worrying over things I had no control over. I was already almost knee deep in a panic attack. 
um, hyperventilating, heart racing, sweating. As I would catch myself, so I, I would get into that panic attack and my heart start racing and my breath start getting hitched. And I would be able to go, hey, 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 Ashley, look. Look what's happening. You're worrying about something that you can't control. You can't fix this. You can't change this. And because of that worry, look how your heart's racing. Look how look how you're sweating. And I would like like talk myself through it. And then once I was able to calm myself enough, I would then tell myself a different story, right? So one of the things that I worried about for a very, very, very long time was my ex-husband, my oldest two children's father, kidnapping them. And I worried about this to the point that I dropped them off at daycare at the same time. I picked them up at daycare at the same time. I knew every single friend. They had trackers on their backpacks. They didn't go out of the house without telling me. I knew every single place they went. There was this one time my son was like nine and he went inside the neighbor's house instead of in their backyard and I couldn't find him. And I was in the middle of the street on my knees screaming and he came outside like, mom, what the hell is wrong with you? Um, Because I was so worried. I was so certain that my ex-husband had kidnapped them. I would find myself driving home from work and all of a sudden I'm playing this thought I'm going to pull in the driveway and the kids aren't going to be there and I'm going to start freaking out and oh my god what if Brian took them and I'm talking like it had been 10 years since I'd seen the man at this point it's been 17 years since I've seen him this went on for 10-15 years easy and what I was able to do is I was able to hear myself thinking those thoughts while I was driving home from work when I wasn't in the panic attack or once the panic was gone or before it hit depending on when I caught myself it would just turn that story around so I'm going to pull in the driveway and the kids are going to be home they're going to be all inside watching a movie and when I walk in they're going to come run over and give me a hug and ask how my day was or if that didn't feel right and that was oh that's too easy I'm still too scared okay Well, I'm going to get home and maybe they aren't going to be in the house. But as soon as my heart starts racing, I look out the back door, they're going to be in the the backyard playing like they're allowed to. Or they're going to be in their bedrooms watching TV, maybe not sitting in the living room, right? Whatever that story that I was telling myself, and depending on how severe and deep it was, I would just, I would tell a new story. Sometimes I would tell it sooner. Sometimes I would tell it later. But the more I did it, the less I needed to do it. You know, I was reading, just reading, because we're, since we're talking about bad habits, one of the other ones that popped into my head while you were sharing, something you said made me think about it. Being able to ask for what I need and want. That was always something I struggled with a lot. And sometimes, again, it's progress, not perfection. So I'm not always perfect at it, but I'm getting there. I'm able to to ask for what I need. I'm able to ask when I... I need help. Um, that was one of the things I struggled with. I, I don't need help. I got this. I got everything. I can juggle it all. I function better when I have when I have to multitask and I have more going on. And that's such. I used a, to say that all the time. God, that I function a, better under stress. Yes, it's such a lie. It is. It really is. I never knew what it felt like to be relaxed. I know. Even when I was relaxed, I wasn't relaxed. So, like, even. I would, I would pour myself a nice hot salt bath and I would light candles and incense and 
Like, I would spend an hour setting things up to make it ready. And then I would get in to relax. And instead of relaxing, I would spend my time in the tub going over all the things I did wrong, all the ways I failed my kids, and all the things I needed to do the next day, and how much was on my plate. And, God, what a bad habit. Because now I fill the bath and I get in and I go, there's warm water brushing against my legs. There's a cool breeze. The candles smell amazing. The oils smell amazing. Like, like I can focus on actually relaxing in that warm bath or on that nature walk. I can look at the trees and the sun and the ground and focus on what's actually around me instead of walking through the woods thinking about work the next day or mm-hmm. the fight I had with my daughter because that's not relaxing. Mm-mm. You know, I have not taken a bath in years, like probably nine or 10 years. I'm always a shower person. Um, I have I have had eczema really bad as a kid and I do have flare-ups once in a while. And it's what I've always written it off to. Oh, I can't do a bath because of the, my skin. But when you said that, I think that's what it is. I never allowed myself to enjoy the bath. I never allowed myself to just be in the moment with, and I have done the oils and the all of the, you know, the candles and let me have a glass of wine and let me, you know, bought the pillow, the bath. Like I've done all that, but I was, I always ended up, oh, I can't take a bath. I can't take a, and I think what it is, is I just couldn't let go. I couldn't just, be in that moment and now you have me wanting to try a bath for a long time I was the same way I I'm a shower person and what it was is get in wash get out yep sure the hot water feels good sure the steam is nice sure it's a little relaxing but hurry and get out and come to find out through my years of recovery and my years of healthy living that that's why I was never a bath person because A bath meant sitting still and thinking, sitting alone with myself and feeling and thinking the things inside of myself. There's nowhere else to run. There's no distractions. And I have a lot of time, like, right, my son, my oldest son or youngest son never comes out of his room hardly unless he's getting something to eat and or he's, you know, not home. And so I have a lot of time by myself to do that thinking and to do that. But it would be I'm just very intrigued now about this whole bath thing like all i can picture is doing all that and doing some sort of meditation affirmations or right it would be magical yeah i mean it, it i i can't necessarily say it is because i don't have a very great bathtub at my house and i don't have a very big bathroom and honestly i'm really not a huge bath person i'm not either but, but i will run every last drop of hot water with some shower steamers and some candles the exact same way it really was that i, I was so wrapped up in thinking worrying bad habits i couldn't enjoy what was actually happening in the moment and yeah. that it was that way with a lot of my self-care eating self-care moving your body is self-care i have a horrible let's talk about eating for a second i have a horrible horrible sweet tooth so i'm the exact opposite there's no sweet tooth i don't eat candy i don't like chocolate every now and then jolly ranchers are my big thing but eating for me is not self-care eating for me is a required bodily function eating for me is like going to the bathroom i do it because i must i do it to feed my body 
and I do it to get through to the next meal. And that is such, and I know that. And that's a healthy way to look at food. Is it? Yes. That's such a healthy way to look at food because food, food is fuel. That's all food is. We're, we should be eating to keep our body running. Right. I don't, I don't enjoy eating. Like, I don't sit down and I love Thanksgiving, but it's not because of the food. It's because we all sit down yeah. at the table together as a family and talk. Right. I, I don't. I don't not enjoy food. I don't dislike food. I don't have like an issue with food. Like, ooh, you're bad. No, it's, it's not. I don't have an issue against food. But I don't, I literally do it simply because my body needs it. Like eating for me is like going to the bathroom. What are we eating? I don't care. What are we putting in our mouths? It is what it is. I got to put something in okay. my mouth and swallow it. Okay. Okay. So it's not a like I was saying, where it's I'm going to eat certain things because I'm trying to fuel my body. You just aren't living. No, in no. The, you're not living in the moment enjoying your food. Well, I don't know how to, I don't really know, right? I'm, I'm not living in the moment. I'm not savoring my food for sure. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm enjoying my food. No, I'm not enjoying my, I'm not disliking it i'm not not enjoying it but it's the thing i have to do does that make sense it does it's literally like going to the bathroom yeah like i just i have to drink water i don't like water i drink as much water as i need to to get by literally my body goes hey you're dehydrated and i'm down a bottle of water i hate water i know it's a bad habit whatever I, but the same with eating like hey i'm hungry okay let me eat i don't i don't um I don't eat things just because they taste good. I will eat something that tastes good because I'm hungry. I, I don't enjoy it. Like, I hear people talk about enjoying eating. Oh, the lasagna was so good. I was so full. And I just wanted to keep going because it tasted so, so delicious. And I'm like, eh, I don't want to feel like that. I'm not interested. Yeah, it was all right. It was good. It was yummy. But I'm not going to eat a second slice when I don't, I'm not hungry. I don't need it. So being like a, I, I may not be being a plus. Sorry, I may not be fully full, but I'm also not hungry anymore. So I'm I don't need to eat anymore. I'm not going to go eat a whole other piece just because it tastes good. So right, this isn't just about being in, in Coda recovery. This is about being just living a healthier, having a healthier relationship with yourself. I just want to you know, right. remind people of that. But so being a plus size woman. I wish I had that relationship with food because for me, I have this this bad habit and I've had it since I was a kid. And my mom actually, I thought nobody knew about it. It's kind of, I don't want to say it's a dirty secret because it's not, it's not the, right? It's, but it is this thing that I've had where I get up in the middle of the night about 12, one o'clock and I have a bowl of cereal. I've always been that way. From little, eh, probably preteen to, to, to now. I still, if I have a box of cereal in there, I'm getting, like, I will get up at, mid, at midnight, 1 o'clock. And even now, I don't have cereal in my cupboard. But if I wake up at 12 or 1 o'clock, I'll be like, do I have cereal? Oh, no, I don't have cereal. I, and I'll go back to sleep. So I just don't keep cereal in my house now. It became such a, it was literally, it's such an emotional thing for me. I don't know what it is. I have not really... I talked to my therapist about it. I've talked to my doctor about it. They're like, Dawn, of all the unhealthy habits you could have, 
take the bowl of cereal at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. It's okay. <laughs> so, right? That's It's okay. I mean, um, it is, yeah. So I'm it's like, okay. Cereal. But where I struggle is my, like I said, my I have this sugar addiction. And I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I just, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to focus on this this year. You know, I'm going to try to do better this year in certain areas because I don't want right. to set myself up to fail, right? I feel like a resolution right. is setting yourself up to fail. I think a goal is better than a resolution. I agree. I agree. So this year for me, it was I'm drinking more water because unlike you, I struggle drinking. I could drink eight hour, eight ounces of water a day. And I don't drink anything else. I don't drink. I don't drink soda. I have two cups of coffee in the morning. I'll have a cup of um, tea, sleepy tea at night. And other than that, throughout the day, I'll drink eight ounces of water. Okay, I've had kidney cancer. Can't be doing that. Can't be doing all that business. I need to be taking care of my kidneys. Right. But I just don't. They so need I water. Am, <laughs> right. So I am a completely dehydrated person all the time. I'm a chronic dehydrated person. I go in every year to get my blood work. It comes back. She's dehydrated. They don't even bring it up. Yeah, they don't even bring it up nowadays. It's like now, I mean, I've had them where they brush me to the hospital for it. But now they're just like, Oh, that's just her. Right, right. (laughs) They don't even they, they don't even my doctor is very familiar. Anemic and dehydrated is very normal for my blood work. Um, And as far as the dehydrated, the nurses always say, and, and I do now, I will drink at least a bottle of water in the 15-minute drive from my house yep. to the doctors so that by the time they call me back, I've got that water in my system and they can actually draw my blood. Right. Um, I have horrible Because I've walked in there standing upright to the point they can't even get a vein. And they're mm-hmm. like, how are you even moving? Yep. Yep. That's the first, um, one of my staph infections was that's how they found it. It was only because I was dehydrated so bad. They sent me to the emergency room to get IV, get IV, uh-huh. IVs. And then that led into this whole, so it literally, my HP has saved my life more times than not. And you, you know that, like I haven't had to have chemo or radiation ever. And it's because some fluke thing happened that I went to the doctor for a broken toenail. Like, literally, it's like some off-the-wall thing. And they're like, oh, hey, we found this. Let's get this taken care of. And it's and I'm done. So I'm so blessed right. in that aspect. But so the sugar addiction kind of, I guess I would, you know, is really another thing I really have tried to want to focus on this year. So what I've tried to do is I can't say that I'm going to cut, I can't cut sugar out of my life 100%. That would be so unrealistic because there's so many things that have sugar in just automatically. So what I've decided to do is I'm choosing different sugar sources. So in other words, I want creamer in my coffee. I like caramel macchiato creamer in my coffee. I am having caramel macchiato creamer in my coffee. I like to have something sweet before bed. So what I did was instead of buying chocolate or candy or something like that, I brought dried fruit. So what I did was I bought I bought dried figs. I bought dried mango, which I had never had dried mango, and it's there. It's amazing. Apricots. I bought some prunes, and 
it's now become a natural source of sugar versus a processed source of sugar. So it's just trying to, and I think that's kind of coming back to this whole thing, it's really about finding other ways to do things that are just well, a healthier way. That and what I hear you saying too is stair stepping. Yeah. You're not just like, all right, I'm cutting all sugar out, peace, bum. And when I quit smoking cigarettes, I didn't just put them away. Right. First, I didn't buy any. I'm not buying another pack. And I didn't buy another pack, and I tried to drag it out. And then, all right, I, I, I'm only going to bum one cigarette today, and then if Nick gets home, then I'll smoke one of his. And then, all right, I'm only going to have a drag of one of his. I'm not going to smoke a whole one at all today. And then it was, all right, I'm not going to touch stair-stepping yeah. all the way up until I get there. Exactly. Not just zero to a thousand, right? There, there's a reason that there's 999 numbers in between zero and a thousand. That's because you have to go to each number to get all the way up to a thousand. You can't just skip them. Yep. One, two, skip a few doesn't work. Stair-stepping is important. What am I okay with right now? What can I... What change can I make right now? And then as I make that change, more and more and more changes begin to happen. Because if we try to do the all-in, like uh, like a, the switching of the, the flipping of the switch concept, I am, and I fail, like let's say I have a, a backwards slip or I, I've like, I don't want to use the word fail, but I... D- but that's what I feel like exactly right i'm aren't i doing myself more harm than good by trying to just go all in and then when i don't oh man don see right everybody's right you're not good Why enough you even you're trying. Not, yeah mm-hmm. right and then i don't even bother to try again i done failed exactly this is a pass or fail situation i failed so i'm not gonna try again yep that, we, it's like flip like you said, when we flip a switch, it's either on or it's off. There's no happy medium. And this is not black or white. There's a whole lot of gray in between being a cigarette smoker for 25 years and not smoking for four months. There's a whole lot of gray in between this. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it goes back to any, like, again, you know, there's so many other 12-step programs and, and these other addictions that... Just tell an alcoholic to not drink. Try try that. Try to tell an alcoholic, right. just well, just don't drink. Oh, just right. don't gamble. Just, do it. just don't do a drug. Well, that's not the way it this It doesn't w- work that way. It doesn't. And that's not going to do a damn bit of good. Exactly. And frankly, if anything, all that's going to do is negative because it's going to piss off that person and then it's going to piss off you for not for telling them and them not listening. Yep. There's got to be, there's got to be steps. There's got to be, I've got to take it one day at a time. And, and right, that was another bad habit that I used to have is all at once flipping that light switch. If I don't do it now, I fail. Um, all perfection, perfection or failure. And that's mm-hmm. all there was for a very long time. So I went to the movie th- movies yesterday with my youngest son and we, we, when we left the house, I was, he, we were both, he's, I like, I think I'm going to get, I said I was going to get some candy. I've been very good all week since the beginning of the year. And I'm going to, I'm going to get some candy. I'm going to get candy at the movie theaters. And we got there 
And I said to my son, because he was like, oh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to get, you know, candy and a soda, whatever. And he's like, no, I don't think I'm going to get anything. And then I was like, you know, I really don't need anything. I really don't necessarily want anything. Why do I, right? Just because I'm at the movies doesn't mean I have to get anything. And he is one of those kids where he's like, well, I have candy or I have this at home. Why would I, like, I was like, don't you want popcorn? He's like, why have popcorn at home? Why would I get popcorn here? Why would I spend the money? Um, right. And so I'm like, I just decided I'm not going to get anything at the movie theater. I didn't miss it. Once I left the movies and once I decided I wasn't getting anything, there was nothing to miss. Right. Once you're sitting there watching the movie, you're not thinking about the $10 bag of popcorn that you dump half of it out on the floor anyway. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm, I'm proud of myself for not getting candy yesterday. It doesn't matter if I have candy next week. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't. It doesn't matter that you wanted to get candy. Right. That you almost got candy. The fact is, you didn't. Just because we have bad habits, just because we might revisit a bad habit, does not mean we should not we should not celebrate the fact that I didn't continue the bad habit like I normally would do in the past celebrate those small wins because there is no small win every win is a win there's no such thing as a small win. exactly everything is a win yep so let me kind of switch topics a little bit okay and i was really interested to hear what you wanted to say after your processing of last week's not allowed conversation um just to kind of touch on that for a second, what that was, if you missed last week, you can always go listen to it. But what that was is I have come to accept that I am no longer okay with saying I allowed someone else to mistreat me. Um, and the reason for that is because they are their own person. I am not allowing them to do anything. And that makes me a perp. And I am not a perpetrator in my own traumas or my own life. Um, it's important to acknowledge what I did allow, what I felt, what I have control over, but I don't allow other people. So you had said, Dawn, that you wanted some time to process and you weren't quite sure. So tell me how you feel about that. So I, I did. I really, and for me, where I said that the most was in my past relationship. I never really said that outside of that relationship because there were red flags, there were signs that I noticed that I did just ignore or I didn't give as much weight because I didn't know any better. I didn't trust myself. Biggest thing, I did not trust myself to trust what I was seeing and feeling. And so I would immediately go, I allowed, I allowed him to hurt me by not doing something or acknowledging those red flags that I felt or saw. I felt so free after we talked because there was part of me that was carrying that shame. That you allowed somebody to hurt you? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I loved the fact that I was able to take that, look at it, and first of all, Part of it was processing what you said, right? Because 
I could have, you know, it's like, okay, I can jump in and say, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying, Ashley. I get what you're saying. Oh, yeah, I understand. But there is something to to when you, and I'm going to, and now I'm going to be really like sharing kind of how I did this. So when I was editing the podcast, that's when I processed it because I got to listen to it again. And mind you, I got to listen to it about 20 times. And that's when I was able to process Definitely it. got it within those 20 times, huh? <laughs> yeah, right? Because I needed to hear it over and over and over again to be able to really kind of work it backwards, if that makes sense. And when I... It does. Yeah. And when I when I looked at it, it's it's because I am have always my entire life been very comfortable in that victim role because... That's where I've always, I mean, like, that's where I've been. That's where, you know, that's, it's just that place. And it gave me, by saying I allowed somebody to do something to me, it did allow me to stay in that comfortable place. And I didn't deserve what he did to me. And I, you know what I really actually related it to? (laughs) I shared with you a while back about my ex-husband the story with my ex-husband and my niece yeah and I would never in a million years have said I allowed that to happen never Absolutely in a not. Mil- million years I did not allow that to happen that was not a choice they made and it really had nothing to do with me at all that I was let to go let people to let go the day it happened when I the day I found out about it I'm like oh well can't do anything with this whatever and hmm. Do I look at them differently? Of course. But by taking that situation and kind of like working through that I would never say I, w- I allowed that situation. Well, if I wouldn't, I didn't allow that to happen, then I sure the hell didn't allow what this guy did to me. Right. Because there's no difference. Infidelity is infidelity. Doesn't mean because this person did it or this person did it, I allowed one and not the other. Because infidelity is on them, not me. Right. Any negative treatment, any behavior, uh, right? I didn't. Right. I didn't allow my mom to be verbally abusive or physically abusive. I didn't allow my dad to be non-existent for a very long time and an alcoholic for a very long. Right? I didn't. I didn't allow any of them. And I said this a few times last week. I don't want to really beat a dead horse and say it too many more times, but I allowed myself remain in harmful situations too long. I allowed myself to take their behavior personally. I allowed myself to believe the things that they said, but I didn't allow them. And so for me, that's when I made that connection, it allowed me to let go of the I allowed. And letting go of you allowing that person to hurt you. Mm -hmm. How did that make you feel? Honestly, I haven't really, I, until tonight when we're talking and obviously when I did the, uh, you know, did the editing, I hadn't thought about him. That's what happened. Wow. He no longer has my power. I was going to say, so it took away his power over you. Yep. It took away the situation's power. And I actually did not think about that until right now when you asked me that question. But that's like, I haven't thought about him. Like when you said that, I'm like, well, I haven't even really thought about him. And then it's like, oh, I, rem- I haven't even thought about oh, it. <laughs> yeah. By, by removing your blame, your 
unneeded blame, undue blame, un... I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. By removing the, the blame that you gave yourself that was not yours. Um, unearned guilt. I, I don't know how to say it. By removing that from yourself in your own mind and in the way you speak to yourself and others about yourself, you have found a freedom from his power and his control. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that I've been trying to figure out for so for years I've been trying to figure that out and just by taking myself out of the equation of what happened I was not in a healthy place with him I wasn't I can I know that I can admit that I will never be able to make it a direct amends amends to him because it won't be safe for me but never say never that is true um, that is true. Very good point. You don't point. know what the future holds. Right. HP has, can have a whole plan. If I do not ever have a opportunity to make amends with him, I'm okay. Because he doesn't own my power anymore. And I did the best I could at that time in my life with what I knew. And could I have been, could I have been different? Of course. But I'm not going to beat myself up about it because I just did the best I could. I was just doing the best I could. I had. Right. And at the same time, really, really important that you're not beating yourself up. You're not your own perpetrator, right? I think that's, yep. you don't, you are not your own perpetrator, therefore making yourself a victim. Correct. I think it's very, very important. Yep. And at the same time, I also think it's very, very important to take my own inventory, right? Yes. No, I did not allow him to hurt. I did do this, this, and this. I did ignore those red flags. I did pretend not to care about things that I cared about. I did remain in harmful situations too, right? It, it is important for me to acknowledge the things I, I did do. And the things I did allow, because I, I can only allow myself. I'm not in control of anyone else. I can only allow myself. The things I did allow myself to do and feel and say and think, I have to take accountability for. I can't just say, oh, he hurt me. It's all on him. I'm done. And right. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying no, for right. myself. I, I have to be very careful to say, no, I did not allow him to do that. I did do X, Y, Z. I do have to take accountability for what I did. And that really, that, that really leads us into next week, I think. And, and what do I do with that accountability and with that knowledge? So are you saying once I have this information, once I've done this this. I understand my side of the street better. What do I do with it? Right, right. Where do I go next? All right. I think that sounds, I think that's getting to the topic of, of an amends and what amends looks like and um, and the, everything that kind of leads up to that. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely stuff in between acknowledgement and awareness and amends. Um, and we'll talk a lot about that stuff in, in the weeks to follow and the weeks to come. But I think, this is a great place to lead into 
right? The amends process. And even in talking with your ex-husband and your guys' amends and maybe even talking about that stuff. One of the things, I, you know, if people haven't figured out by now, we do not plan what we're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just really happens as literally as organically as what you're hearing. And that's what, kind again, that's what we wanted. So thank you for listening to us. Please check out the website. The podcasts are on all of the stream podcast apps. So please look for us there. And easiest way is to find the, go to the website. And if you can subscribe, like whatever you do on podcast in podcast world, I I don't know, comment whatever would be greatly appreciated. I'd like share lots yeah. of shares. Shares, lots please lots. share. <laughs> All right. Well, it has been an amazing evening yet again. I always enjoy talking to you, Dawn, and I love allowing our listeners to be a fly on the wall in our conversations. I love that. It's been yet another amazing night. It has. All right. Well, have a great week, Ashley. I'll talk to you next week. You too, and everybody else. You guys have a great week. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it. I will find you. You will ask, what will you do when they find me? I will find you, give the answer to your question, what will I do when I find you? I don't have to think, I don't have to prepare myself, when I find you, I don't have to think, I don't have to Thank you.